guys, welcome to another edition of Sheffy's Sandbox. I'm your host, April Dawn Scheffler, and I want to wish you a very happy Scorpio season. I am a Scorpio rising. Scorpio is about going beneath the surface. It's not satisfied with superficial things. It needs to go deep. It needs to find meaning. And Scorpio season is about death. And I feel like that is very fitting for today's podcast. Death and rebirth are happening all the time. And it could be dreams of ours. It could be our physical bodies or those of uh, our loved ones. It's happening all the time. And it can behoove us to stop and look at some of the darker things, some of the shadow aspects, and look at death. I know that life gets all the good press, <laughs> but uh, death is, if you look at it, it's just another version of birth and life. It allows something new to grow. So I came across a dream and I got the lady's permission to share the dream here with you guys. It's been a long time since we had an ambling bear dreamcast episode so let's dive in to her dream i dreamt i was at a restaurant it was japanese or chinese i think my whole family was there but i'm not sure there were a lot of friends only i didn't recognize any of these people but they acted like they knew me I was waiting for my husband, I'll call him AJ, to get there. We decided to all order and get tables. A guy comes up to me and started talking to me. He is AJ's coworker. I ask him his name and he says, it's Ryan. I respond with, oh yeah, AJ has talked a lot about you. Nice to meet you. Then I leave the room. I think I was going to the restroom. And when I come back, they had tables and some food only the tables were round. I was still waiting for AJ. I go over to where Ryan is, I think he's waiting for AJ too, and talk to him more. But AJ never shows up. It wasn't until after I woke up that it dawned on me that Ryan was the guy at the tattoo parlor who did my daughter's piercing last week. I never got his name, so why did I name him in my dream? And he doesn't know AJ. AJ doesn't even have a job. But I do remember Ryan was cute and very friendly. Okay. What I will mention to you, and I mentioned to her, sometimes the beauty is in the small details. And I loved the fact that in her dream, the tables were round. Round tables are very equalizing. There's no power play, no head of the table. Theoretically, everyone is an equal at a round table. You have these round table discussions where supposedly everyone's input is valued equally. I thought that was really interesting. 
I told her that I thought that the friends that she didn't know, I felt that they symbolized universal love and support because she wasn't able to put any names or faces to these people, but they felt like friends and they knew who she was. So again, I told her I felt like that was universal love and support. Eating represents how you feed and nurture yourself. So perhaps the fact that AJ never shows up in the dream shows that he doesn't appear to want to pull his own weight or even take care of himself, much less anyone else. When you factor in Ryan, I told her, I think God can also use both attractive and not so attractive things to work together for our good to motivate us to move in a direction that's best for our soul's growth. She messaged me back and it's one of those times where you don't really want to be right. You hope that it's like completely off base and everything's fine and lovely and yeah, but it was spot on. She said, how do you do that? I think you're spot on about my dream. I think AJ and I are fighting, only we're not. Because anytime I try to discuss stuff with him, it just blows up in my face. And I totally feel as though he has stopped trying to show up for us. And by us, she means her family. I could have just kept this uh, to myself and not shared, but what I saw as one of the opportunities of sharing this is for like a more, more power, more willpower. We talked about this in the last episode. So let's envision her making choices that are the best for her and her family. And Envision her happy and, and, and feeling empowered. So let's take just uh, a small break right here and send her whatever you feel like. If you just want to send her well wishes, if you want to say a prayer, if you want to do some envisioning, just take one minute out of your day and let's send her some willpower. Okay, so I felt my heart expand with loving energy for her. And I want to thank you for taking a moment of your day to send her this loving energy as well. And what it made me think about when I told her that <clears throat> God can use both attractive and not so attractive things to work 
together for our good. What came to mind in my situation was me trying to sell my house. I held on to the house I, I bought back in 2005, and I've been renting it out for several years. And I loved it because those of you who don't know a lot of my backstory, I've moved a lot. <laughs> I tried to count it up. It was 30 plus times that I've moved around in my life. And for me to have this house in 2005 was my first forever place. This was something that was mine that I couldn't be kicked out of or, you know, because at the time my husband and I were living with family and so just coming from that background of there not being a really secure sense of what home was, I had a lot invested in this place. I mean, of course you can get kicked out if you don't pay your rent, but, uh, or your mortgage payment rather, but that wasn't my case. I, I was going to make sure that that didn't happen. Uh, I was always going to pay that <laughs> because with my Taurus moon, that sense of safety and security is very, very important to me. Okay, so if things had continued to be oh so great with this renting out of the house, if things were only good, if I only wished good for myself, then there wouldn't have been this... Um, this dissatisfaction growing, I attracted renters who were not paying their bills on time, who didn't care, who would do midnight move outs and leave the house a complete wreck. It was awful. <laughs> so it took a long time of that for me to finally get fed up and be like, Something needs to change. I'm tired of this. I want to just sell it. And I feel like that is actually for my soul's highest good is to divest myself of that property. But that would not have been the case if things had been great. I would have still have this very idyllic sense of this house, like all this nostalgia, all of this, um, because it's more than what it is, right? It symbolized a sense of security, like, to be honest, maybe a, like a plan B, because I remarried, and what if, what if this relationship doesn't work out? I always had this fallback, <laughs> this plan B, this place where I didn't have to depend on anybody or anything, I would always have a home that was mine. So I feel like I've done a lot of growing in that area, putting a lot more trust in God, in the universe, that it has my back and that home is wherever I am that I carry home within me. 
and that it's not a physical structure. So for example, we finally found some people to buy it. And I tell you, this has been such a long process, <laughs> such a long process. But after we got into contract with them, the tree in the front yard, it fell and barely escaped doing major damage to the house. So I counted my blessings that it could have been so much worse. But at the same time, we did have to go through like four or five different bids to find one that we could afford. But that was just another step where I was able to distance myself emotionally, where I wasn't invested in this property, right? Because even when I was trying to sell it, uh, get it ready to sell and show, I would take my daughter with me sometimes and she would be climbing this very tree. And so that sentimental part of me could be like, oh, part of me could still be clinging to that sentimentality, that sentiment, right? <laughs> of, I have memories here because it was, there's a lot of memories. That's the home that I brought my daughter home to from the hospital. So that was her very first home. Uh, that's where my dog Freckles, you guys have heard me talk about her in the podcast. She passed away earlier this year at the age of 15. That's where she joined my family was in that house. And I, I love it. There's, it's just more than a house. It's a, a bunch of memories. And, but this tree that she had climbed in here recently, it fell. So it was just another reminder, checking in. This is not home. You don't need a plan B. In, in that sense, I think there's a difference between being smart and being able to take care of yourself and your family, as opposed to clinging to something out of a fear, fear mindset or a loss mentality. And I think that's where I was coming from because I feel like I have lost so many things. So many things have been taken from me is how I have viewed it. And this needed to be a gradual distancing where I was able to slowly uncurl my clenching fingers on something and let it go, let it go. I had a session with Roberto and I was asking why was my house not selling? And one of the things that came through was that I wasn't ready. I was still holding on to the house and that I needed to realize that I had the best part of that house. I had the memories and it was time to really, oh gosh, I thought this was going to be an episode. I was going to get away with not getting all teary-eyed on you guys. Um, that the best part of that house, the memories, and I needed to let that house be 
something beautiful for the next family, for them to create memories. And yeah, so the bad, the horrible things I wouldn't wish on me or anybody, it, it is for my soul's highest good. And if I had just wished for, from a human perspective, only the good, I would not have been motivated to change. I would not have been motivated to assess why am I <clears throat> clinging to this? What kind of emotional baggage am, <laughs> do I have surrounding this house? And yeah, I feel like something beautiful has come of it. But yeah, there was a lot of me resisting that change as well because my moon is in Taurus. I don't do well with, with change. It's not, it's not my forte in certain areas of security. I love change and excitement like in projects and trips and things like that. But when it comes to a sense of security financially, I don't like surprises. I need to feel secure and to have that very grounded Taurus energy. <laughs> so it brings me back to this dream. I mean, I guess I don't know how far to take this because I had an Akashic record reading for myself maybe a year and a half ago. And I asked, what was my soul's contract with my first husband? And it ended up being very beautiful. And if you remember, my, my first husband and I divorced. And two years later, he took his own life. And so I asked, what was our soul contract? And what came out of that was that, yes, we were supposed to have learned from each other, but then we were supposed to have let go a long, long time before we did. Because we were married, I think it was 13 years, 13 years. And I get that, <laughs> but at the same time, my daughter, she wasn't born until 2011. So we had already been uh, married 10 years and I cannot imagine my life without her, without my daughter. But again, if things had been fantastic and perfect with that relationship, I would not have been motivated to go on to the next soul lesson. I guess, you know, th that's how the Akashic Records look at it. You have these soul contracts with people and you are both there to teach each other. But then once that lesson is learned, there is a time to let go. And I was not ready to let go. <laughs> Even though it was bad, I couldn't, I couldn't let go because of my religious upbringing, 
the values I had surrounding family and, oh gosh. I mean, we can never go back and say, what if? What if I had learned my, my lessons that were to be learned in my soul contract with my first husband? And then what if I had been able to gracefully let go? But I also know that divorce is not the answer for everybody. <laughs> so and I'm not telling this dreamer that uh, divorce is the way to go either, but I am just curious as to whether the lessons that she has in this relationship have been learned and they have pointed her to her own strength, to her own sense of self, whether it has taught her things about her sovereignty and about herself that good times in this relationship wouldn't have. And then I guess to, yeah, go ahead and see whether it's time to graciously let go of that relationship. But yeah, that's definitely not for me to say. I, all I can do is speak from experience and that's, that's what I just did. I told you about my experience with my first husband and what the Akashic Records had to say about that. Sometimes we just, we kick so hard against the things that pain us. I do that so much. <laughs> just more astrological markings for this, but I have a lot of stuff in my eighth house and the placement of my Pluto, where it's at. It speaks to a propensity towards like aversion behavior and addiction and that has been my case. I, I feel things, maybe it's like Scorpio or my Scorpio rising. I feel things so deeply that often I, I don't want to feel things so deeply. I don't want to look at things so closely. And I just want to not feel the pain. And so I'll do aversion behavior or, or habits, or you can call them addictions. But there is something to be said here in Scorpio season of looking at the shadow, looking at what is time to transition so that something new can be birthed. We're clearing out, we're looking at and clearing out and letting things die so that more can be reborn new things can come in and we go to that next that next step <laughs> okay i hope all that came through in a clear heart-centered way i do want to tell you about something that has nothing to do with this except for the dream interpretation part when i first got excited about dreams i had read Robert A. Johnson's book, Inner Work, that fired up my imagination. I started looking for podcasts about dream interpretation. And I had found Dr. Michael Lennox's podcast about dream interpretation. Dream interpretation was such artistry. 
And I believe he's the one that said that dream interpretation is elegant. I can't remember, but I just feel that with him. It, it feels so effortless. Well, he had stopped that podcast series and I was a little devastated because I came in after the fact, after he had already stopped recording this podcast series. But at least I had a significant stash of old podcast episodes of his to go through and binge listen to, which I completely did that. Anyway, I will tell you that I got on his newsletter and he has recently revamped and he's rebooted and he's come out with a new podcast called Conscious Embodiment, Astrology and Dreams with Dr. Michael Lennox. So if you love dream interpretation and you can't get enough, totally check out his podcast, hit subscribe. He's one of those artists. He's one of those people that are so great that you almost don't want to try yourself. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so there's another book by Robert A. Johnson, who's my favorite author, if you can't tell, uh, called Owning Your Own Shadow. And what he talks about is Carl Jung's ideas that shadow is not just those ugly parts of ourselves, but it could also be the parts of ourselves that shine too brightly. And he called it the golden shadow. So sometimes we make ourselves small in order to feel like we fit in or not to attract judgment or whatever it is. So the thing is, is that when you come across someone who does something that you want to do, but they do it so much better than you, <laughs> that you're like, wow, I couldn't even do it like half that great, even if I tried and studied and did all the things. That is, look at that, look at that because that can be shadow work for you because these people that you set up on pedestals, you're letting yourself off the hook because this thing that, that, that lights you up, that interests you, that could serve you in some way, you are letting yourself off the hook of not even trying or attempting your greatness or you're not even trying to explore that part of you because someone else shines so brightly and you're putting them on the pedestal. Well, we can't, we can't do that. We have to own our gifts, honor our interests and where our curiosity leads us. For example, in the Energy Tribe, there is a fantastic, fantastic artist. And she uh, just blew me away with a, a picture that she shared of one of her paintings. And some of you who know me may know that I paint as well. But, <laughs> and I've, there have been some people who were sweet enough to say in times past that I did a really great job. But looking at that, I was like, 
it's so easy to let them do that, right? And for you not to even try because there's no way that you could even compare. Well, the thing is, it's not about comparing. It's about letting that person serve as inspiration for you. And that's all. Like, don't compare yourself. Just let them serve as inspiration. They're following their dreams and their passions. And I'm going to do that too. And that's not to say that my art will be anything like hers, but it doesn't need to be. And it shouldn't be. It should be, it should say April, <laughs> my case, it should say April all over it. And hers can say Ashton all over hers. And it does. It's beautiful work. I encourage you to read the book. I don't have it up there because it's in my purse for me to read this month, but owning your own shadow. But yeah, sometimes it's not just those ugly, awful things, but those golden things about us that we put into the shadows that we deny. So taking this back to the dream interpretation, Dr. Linux is so fantastic that if I were to set him up on that pedestal and say, I can't be a Michael Lennox, then that's true. I can't be a Michael Lennox, but that gets me off the hook of doing some of my inner work or trying to do my soul's mission here on this planet by saying, I'm not even going to try because I can't be a Dr. Michael Lennox. Well, I'm here to be in April and do dream interpretations my way, add my flavor, and reach the people that I can that possibly would never be reached by Dr. Michael Lennox. They wouldn't know to look for him, but now you do. <laughs> so you get both of us. So yes, I highly encourage you go to Conscious Embodiment Astrology and Dreams with Dr. Michael Lennox. You can email him your dream. If you get your dream accepted on there for his interpretation, let me know. And I'll be sending him some of my dreams as well for him to interpret. So this is really off topic. I know a lot of people have been coming down with colds and sinus issues with the allergies. I'm going to be including a link to an allergy video that I found was very helpful in helping drain some of that, the lymphatic system. So I will put that link in there. It's it's been helpful. My husband came down sick and I uh, went through the video on him and it, I think it turned, turned things around. So I'm just going to put it out there. Hopefully it's going to help you guys in this uh, season of colds and allergies. And that's it. If you are watching on YouTube, I think maybe this is my third or fourth video, actually me putting my face on YouTube. I had an Akashic Record reading with the amazing Susan, and she said that she saw my face on YouTube, the podcast. And I said, well, I just have the audio, like I have an audiogram on YouTube. Is that what you're talking about? She's like, no, I'm seeing your face. So I'm like, okay, well, let me take the hint and actually put my face on YouTube. So if you're watching on there, let me know if you're getting that extra sense of connection or something uh, through this medium. 
Or you can hop over to my website and I have a whole buffet of offerings over there. Dream interpretation, human design, introductory readings. I'm still offering Akashic Record practice sessions and like a whole bunch of stuff. The Soul Empowering Hypnosis is on there as well. So yeah, just hit me up. Um, go over to the the website for the podcast, aprilific.com forward slash podcast and click on the little microphone. Leave me some listener mail. I would love, I would absolutely love to feature your voice. It can feel a little isolated or lonely on this side of the microphone. So uh, anyway, just give me some feedback. But that's it for now. Until next time, love y'all. Bye.